wake up, wake up, From Jerusalem, Israel, this is From the Midwest to the Middle East, the podcast that explores everything new in U.S. and Israeli economy. Here's your host, Philip Stein. I'm really pleased to be having this podcast today. First of all, this episode is brought to you by Philip Stein and Associates, the largest U.S. CPA firm in Israel, providing U.S. tax services to Israelis, Americans, corporations, startups, and anyone else needing them. I'm very excited today to have a guest, Michael Leani. He was the CEO and co-founder of a company called Daika, who we're about to hear a lot about. It's a startup company that developed a new material which allows manufacturing of 100% natural wood products using existing manufacturing processes and waste wood. Uh, The company was established with two colleagues, Professor Shlomo Magdasi and Professor Oded Shoyosov, and they based their IP. It was something they worked on together at Hebrew University. Michael himself holds a PhD from Hebrew U, and prior to establishing DICA, he was a researcher in the field of functional materials and digital 2D and 3D printing. His research resulted in over 40 peer-reviewed scientific papers and several registered patients, patents. Sorry, uh, Michael, welcome. A real pleasure to be here, and I'm uh, very happy to tell you the story about DICA, and I, I hope that as I am enthusiastic about uh, DICA, I hope we can uh, spread the light and uh, more people can uh, learn about what we do and how we try to do our way and help the, the world in terms of the wood waste streams. Yeah, I, I think we've had several podcasts on uh, waste and recycling, um, and I think it's a, it's a topic that people really are very interested in, and uh, you seem to have found a unique niche uh, which I think everyone can relate to. So let me let me bring up, as I bring up many of my podcasts, I start from my own perspective. Uh, I grew up in the Midwest back in the 50s and 60s. I witnessed wood as an essential building material. It was the basic element of most of the furniture in our house. And as someone who loved playing American sports, I had a wooden bat, a wooden hockey stick, uh, and I'd play basketball on a hardwood floor. So I understand that your company could take wood from my old house on the south side of Chicago, my parent, late parents' furniture, and my hockey stick. My bat still hangs in my office. I'm not giving you my bat. <laughs> and turn it into something new. Can you share with my listeners how your technology works and, and really what it does? And I see... You know, I, I can see uh, some samples. Uh, okay, go ahead. Yeah, so first of all, I'm inviting everyone to go into our website or actually come in physically into our site and seeing and feeling the, the samples and the products because it's really what makes the difference. And going back to your, or referring back to your question, indeed, what we're trying to do is to recreate the wood and give it the same feeling and textures and appearances that which are the reason why people love uh, wood that much so indeed that that is our aim to take wood waste streams and turn in them back into new products giving them a new lives and new capabilities we are targeting all different types of waste streams so you gave a good example of one type of waste stream which is the home uh, organic waste or home uh, uh, wood waste but the quantities are humongous. We're talking about billions and billions of tons of wood waste, team, uh, wood waste streams originating from agriculture, municipal, and industry waste that is not put to any real circular economy. So let's take, for example, a typical sawmill. So a typical sawmill takes the wood uh, from nature, cuts them into commodities, into plaques or uh, plates, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. 
And in the process, they create huge amounts of uh, waste streams. Typically, it's wood chips, wood flour, pulp, etc. A typical sawmills, I've been talking to dozens of sawmills across the world, but the most, the smallest sawmills would produce at least tens of thousands of tons of wood waste stream wow. uh, per year. And the sad story is that although this is a good raw material and still natural wood that is not uh, contaminated with any glues or binders or anything else, the best solution that the companies or the sawmills or we as uh, mankind could come up with is just to burn it. Typically, what they do is they burn it and turn it into energy. They create steam. And, and in that process, basically, they find a way to utilize these waste streams. The sad part of it is that first, the, the process is not really sustainable. It's not really environmental. And there's a lot of uh, gas emissions. And it's not the best uh, solution that you can find for it. It's also not the best financial solution that you can find for it. And the only reason why it's still uh, financially viable is due to government subsidies and Ironic as it is, governments are subsidizing this process because they don't want the, these uh, sawmills and companies to just dump it into the disposal areas. So this is one example, but the different types of waste streams include every factory around the world and include municipal waste that over there, that's double the problem because municipalities pays twice, once. Uh, to get rid of it in the street corner, which we all see it uh, accumulated in the street corner. And then at the second time, they pay to dispose of it in the disposal areas. And there, it's not really utilized for any real circular economy. So that's the beginning of our story. This is our main raw material that we're here. We're aiming to utilize these huge quantities of raw materials and turn them into a raw material that can be molded. Now, when I say to people molding or extrusion, they typically are uh, familiar with these processes, but while taking or utilizing plastics. Now, the way uh, people utilize plastics with these manufacturing processes is you take the plastic and you melt it. And that way, the plastic can flow into the molds or through the extruder and give you different shapes. Or, for example, a baseball bat or any, any type of other product. What we have done is decided that we're not utilizing any plastics whatsoever. We're just mixing these waste streams with other ingredients, such as those uh, found in wood or comprised in, in natural wood, such as hemicellulose, nanocellulose, uh, lignin, things like that. And with water, we don't even utilize deionized water or distilled water, uh, just regular tap water. And what you get is a paste, a paste that can flow through extruders, through compression molding. And by that, you can turn them into basically any product that you want. And if you go into a website, you can see that you can make uh, consumer products such as uh, lampshade or picture frames, or you can go all the way to construction and architecture and make uh, wall covering panels and uh, many other products that are utilized in the furniture business. Okay, so that, that actually, first of all, just for our listeners, I know I'm, I always save this question for the end, but Daika, it's D-A-I-K-A. Uh, dot com, correct? That is, that is uh, correct. And the website is right. basically D-A-I-K-A, wood, as in wood, dot com. Ah, okay. Even better. So mentioning about uh, the construction industry, you know, Israel, if you look around and there's a lot of construction going on at the moment, uh, and it seems that, that when they build homes in Israel, they're basically still using concrete and stone. That seems to be the most common materials. Uh, if we would go to 
to a, a U.S. building site, we would probably see mostly wood. But how could DICA impact the Israeli home industry as well, build home building industry? So I think that if I need to think of a way how it can change, the, really disrupt the Israeli home industry, it's by two ways. The first is a new process to build homes. So when you talk about construction of a house, typically it's done the old-fashioned way, like a Lego brick, one piece at a time. Definitely, if you speak about cement, then these are still the processes. But having a material that can flow means that if it flows, you can 3D print it, which means that you can theoretically 3D print a whole house that is made out of wood. Wow. Now, people are already doing it with cement, but doing it with a material which is 100% natural and get the texture and feeling of a natural wood and is something that has not been done before. So that's one way we can disrupt this market. The other way is bringing new material and products into the architecture and design of construction markets. And this goes through a whole list of flooring, wall covering panel, acoustics, everything that has been in the design of the architecture, but also in the constructive realm. Because if you have a material that can flow you basically can create a composite uh, structures. So you can create one layer, which is more dense, another layer, which is less dense, and then play around with physical properties such as thermal resistance, such as acoustics, and also such as the mechanical properties of the final structure. So when we talk about how you can take this waste, actually, I was just thinking as we were talking, when, when, when I was a kid, I... Uh, my my late grandfather was in the of all businesses. Uh, you, you'll say how what's the connection? He was in the egg business. He sold he sold eggs. So as a kid, and I would work there in the in the in the warehouse. What do you do when you drop an egg on a wooden floor? He had a wooden floor. Okay, you can't really sweep it up. Okay, so they had they would buy from sawmills sawdust. And we would have bags of sawdust and you'd throw it on the eggs that fell and then you could sweep it up. So <laughs> I do I do remember an old application of what, what's, what sawmills did with some of their, their waste. Uh, they sold it to guys who were selling eggs. Okay. <laughs> That's you may a, never have heard that. That can be, that can be a good, uh, a new application or a market for the circular economy for the wood chips producers. So we've looked at how it can save on the you know, what to do with this waste. But what about on the the, the front end? Uh, you know, we hear about uh, how critical it is for our planet to have forests and how deforestation, particularly in, in Brazil, is, is having an impact on uh, global warming. How can DICA help our forests? So in two ways. Again, uh, the first is uh, in, in the ability to create another product that has very similar or actually the same properties. So basically you can have a product that you don't need to chop down forest or wood, but still get a product which is exactly like wood. You can drill into it, you can coat it, you can uh, uh, polish it, you can work with it as you would work with uh, uh, natural wood. Uh, So just by doing that, you already create uh, another solution and prevent uh, forest being chopped down. Regardless to that, by the fact that we are utilizing the waste streams of the wood is a very important factor by the fact that these waste streams are not turned into GHGs, are not turned into gas emissions such as CO2 or methane and are mm. created uh, are creating new products. By that, you also have the forest 
by reducing the, the, the amount of CO2 uh, that are emitted into the atmosphere. And again, if we're talking about what we're visioning, what we're visioning as being a real solution to these huge amounts of waste streams, and th those are huge quantities of uh, CO2 that are being saved just by taking and utilizing these waste streams. So this term waste stream or, or you as a major consumer of wood waste streams, is it matter what kind of wood you get? Is there better wood? Is there worse wood? Is there wood you don't want? Definitely there isn't wood that we don't want. Every type of wood has different properties that we need to tailor our process and our formulation in order to work with it. But everything that is cellulosic based is a material that can work with our chemistry, our natural chemistry that we rely on. And actually the, it's the other way around. So for example, if we talk about walnut, so let's take walnut for an example. So walnut is, is a very common uh, wood in, uh, in North America. And as opposed to pine wood, which if you have a waste stream made out of pine, you can utilize it for feedstock. Whereas in walnut, it's poisonous for different mm. types of feedstock. So again, these sawmills that have been utilizing uh, or sawmills or even uh, uh, carpenters that are utilizing walnut can't get rid of these uh, waste streams and use it for feedstock because it's against the law and it's poisonous. Gotcha. So in our case, we're just enjoying from a new raw material that gives new properties and new physical uh, capabilities to our final product. So we, we, we hear about, again, recycling more in the world of plastics and, and things have been coming out recently, how a lot of the plastic that we thought we we're recycling isn't really able to be recycled. Where do you see the world heading, let's say, in the next decade in terms of recycling and how 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 Daika would fit into that because obviously you're creating this uh, new raw material, so to speak, um, and and it would seem to me it, be, it will become a commodity for people to use and utilize. So so how how does that end up influencing people, uh, future industries or things that may not even exist today? Yeah. So two th I, I, there's two two important things to say first of all plastic one of its most important advantages is the fact that it can be recycled unfortunately it's becoming more and more common to turn these plastics and and claim that they are more sustainable by mixing them for example with uh, wood waste and things like that the problem is that once you've done that you took away the most important advantage of the plastic which is the ability to be in recycled but once you added other ingredients, it's no longer uh, recyclable. Mm -hmm. And this is exactly the difference uh, at Daika, because in our case, since we're basically all made out of wood, it creates a process completely recyclable. And everything that uh, is not being utilized in our factory can be just uh, grinded and repeated with the Daika process uh, all over again, which makes the process completely recyclable. Going back to the solving the, the plastic problem or where do we see the world uh, going into uh, in terms of recycling. So the good news are that we see a lot of change and circular economy is becoming more and more common. The, the, the bad news are it's still taking only 7% uh, of the current mass manufacturing uh, lines. So the vast majority, more than 90% of the mass manufacturing line are purchasing their raw materials. And if I look 10, 20 years from now, there's no doubt about it that at least 
of these uh, mass manufacturing line will be utilizing raw material that are basically uh, waste streams coming out from other factories, which will create a real circular or blue economy. And this is exactly what we're aiming. Every day when we look at our material and our chemistry, we look how uh, when we become big and we become uh, manufacturers in tens of thousands of tons per year, we can rely and make sure that most of our chemistry or most of our material is completely circular, both in terms of the fact that the products that are coming out from the factory can be going back in and recycled again, but also that our materials that we're utilizing, the vast majority of them is a raw material that is coming as a waste material from other factories and their manufacturers. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. All right, my last question is just, uh, how did you get here? In other words, you're, you're an academic, your colleagues, I mentioned them in the intro, academics, Hebrew University, you, you teach, you research, uh, but here you are in business. How, how, did, how did that happen? So funny, funny you should mention that I just came out from a meeting and, and uh, they asked me exactly the same thing. And <laughs> the thing is, the, the, the most fun part in academia is, there's no other way to, to describe it, is most of the time you play. You, you have fun and you explore and you basically can, you're there to find new things. And there's nothing limita- uh, limiting you in terms of a market size or how important it is, uh, uh, how is the business model and so on and so forth. So this is why I've enjoyed the 15 years that I've been in, in academia. But once in, I think in a lifetime, uh, you come across something that you say, wow, this is the thing that I love and this is something that I really believe in and you're willing to go all the way uh, heads on and decide that uh, whatever you're doing, you want this to happen. And this is what happened. We started off as an academic project and literally a couple of weeks after we started, I was holding the samples in my hands and as a wood lover, I was uh, feeling it over and over again and I was saying there's something here which is really feeling like wood. And there's something here that should be utilized as a real, a raw material, replacing the problematic material that exists over there as uh, MDF and the OSBs. Uh, And this is where I decided I'm holding my academic career and I'm taking this all the way until it gets to the market. And uh, it's not literally on the shelf, but being the shelf itself. Great, great, great answer. Uh, again, just if you repeat, if they want to learn more about your company or reach out to you, how how can they reach? So I, that? I I welcome everyone to go into our website or in the media in the LinkedIn. Uh, just search dikawood.com, D-A-I-K-A, wood, W-O-O-D.com. One word, you're welcome to see some examples. There's a, a reach out form in the website and you're welcome to reach out and hear more. Uh, or even visit uh, if you really want to see physically the samples. Okay. Thank you so much. And we wish you great success and uh, hope to see if some of your, your products or as that waste stream you said turned into things that are in my home as well. Um, as we mentioned offline before, you can uh, maybe I can frame some of my wife's paintings in, in your uh, wood picture frames. So thank you very much, Michael. Thank you. And uh, it was a real pleasure. I hope you enjoyed our podcast. Feel free to visit us at www.pstein.com or look for Philip Stein and Associates on Facebook and LinkedIn. 